everyone, and welcome back to It's Super Important, the podcast about literary-inspired web series. My name is Jules. And I'm Zoe. And today we're going to be talking about the first 12 episodes of Project Green Gables, which is a web series based on Anne of Green Gables. Yes. I was super excited to rewatch these episodes because, like, I haven't rewatched them since... I, I don't think I've ever rewatched the show as a whole, so I probably haven't seen these since, like, 2015. Yeah, same. I think I've rewatched specific episodes that I really liked, but I don't think I've ever rewatched these opening ones, and I haven't ever rewatched mm-hmm. the whole show. Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's just get started. Okay, uh, we start with episode one called I'm Anne with an E. Uh, Anne sits in front of the camera. Um, she, like, she sets it up and backs up, and she says that her name is Anne, and this is her brand new video blog, and she is insistent that her name is Anne, spelled with an E. Yes. She says that, um, she is a foster kid because her parents are crappy, and that's the first real big change from the book, because in the book, her parents are dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting change that won't really come into play until like season three, honestly. But it's interesting yeah, that they, they do go into set it a bit up. more. They go into it a bit more in a couple episodes. Yeah, in, this, in the Draw My Life episode. But yeah, yeah. Um, so this is sort of her first permanent family. That's what she says. Um, yeah, and then she goes on to say that her most prized possession is her imagination, and that it's useful in times of boredom. She also loves books, especially classics, and she hates when people spell her name wrong. Yes. And she really Uh, loves the idea of friendship, but she hasn't really had friends before, mm -hmm. so she's hoping that that's something she'll have now. She wants to find a kindred spirit or a bosom friend, and then she says, well, in order to have a bosom friend, you'd have to be a kindred spirit first. Yes. Um, she says that she hates her hair and wishes it was curly like Merida and Brave, which I find interesting because Merida is a redhead. Yes. Uh, in case you haven't seen the show and you don't know anything about it, like, the, the, the first major way this show is different from the book is that Anne is played by a black actress. Yeah. And, of course, in the original novel, Anne is a redhead who really mm-hmm. wants to have dark hair. Um... So they've sort of switched roles, and this just works so well. Um, Yeah. She also talks more about liking old things and basically says that she wants, like, vintage fashion and romance and, like, old language, but without, like, the racism and human rights violations. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. same. Like, (laughs) that's, don't we all? Not all. Obviously, there are people who aren't drawn to old stuff but like i like yeah. the way she puts it so uh Anne says that marilla says she talks too much and needs a creative outlet and that's why she was given the camera we don't know who marilla is yet but we will find out in the next episode yeah um and then Anne says that she thinks her life is just about to begin and that's true Anne. That's yeah really true it is um episode two is called scope for imagination um, Anne is just kind of, she's not on screen for this one. She's just kind of walking around filming some nice nature stuff in the house and she does like a voiceover. Yeah. I appreciate that they now have subtitles on this because they didn't when it was originally airing and the music is kind of loud. Um, yeah. but now they have subtitles on everything. So that's really good. Yeah. 
Anne says that Marilla says not to tell strangers on the internet where you live, but Anne wants to tell us about her new hometown, Avonlea, which is on Prince Edward Island in Canada. Now, Anne is very clearly not Canadian because of her accent. <laughs> yeah, no one in this show is Canadian. They are actually from Finland. Um yes. It's just one of these things where we have to suspend disbelief and accept that they are apparently in Canada, I guess. Yeah, I, w- I remember someone asked, I think, Laura, who plays Anne on Tumblr, why they didn't just move it to Finland and have the story take place there. And Laura said that if they moved it to Finland, they would want to, they would probably change Anne's name to like Anna or something like that because Anne doesn't really make sense as a Finnish name. Yeah. And they, they felt that was too big of a change to like keep people thinking it's the same story. And so they decided to just pretend. Yeah. And I get that because they, even though I think they stay true to like the spirit of the books on every single count, they really changed the plot a whole lot. In their, like, modernization choices, so it makes sense that they wanted to keep all the names the same. Uh, Anne says that she used to live in an ugly, off-putting place, which is pretty sad. Uh, she talks about, um, driving to the house with Matthew, and about how there were all these cherry trees, and she renamed it, like, the it was the Great White Way or something like that. Yeah, they passed by the, the Lake of Shining Waters. and says she likes to name places because the name makes the place. Yes. Love that. Yeah, and she wonders if people would call her Cordelia if she introduced herself as such, uh, because she dislikes her name. She thinks that Anne with an E is a little bit more romantic than just Anne with no E, but she still thinks it's an unromantic name. Yeah. But she says that Marilla wouldn't tolerate such nonsense, and then explains that Matthew and Marilla are a pair of unmarried siblings who decided to foster her. She also says that the house they live in is called the Green Gables, and says, I guess it makes me Anne of Green Gables, which is much better than Anne of Nowhere in particular, which is very sweet. It's very sweet. And she also says that if she had her own house, she would name it too, which is true. Yeah. 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 Episode three is called Thoughts on Religion. Uh, She starts off the video wondering about why people pray the way they do. She thinks that saying amen is a weird way to end prayers. She says that Marilla and Matthew are very Christian, like most people in the town. But Marilla says that Anne doesn't have to believe because she doesn't feel it's something you can be forced to do, which is very nice of Marilla. Yeah, I respect that. Um... And Anne says she would do anything to be part of a family. Um, So she really wants to be part of this, but she's unsure if she believes in God. And if she does, she resents him um, for giving her the hair she has. Well, she says that someone told her as a kid that God made her hair like that. Yeah, and And she's like, well, that's not fair. She also says that she doesn't like the way that Christianity in general presents God, but she does like the idea of God. Like, she wants a god who's kind of a motherly figure, who, um, like, love, who, like, takes care of and respects everyone, especially, like, gay people. Yeah. Um, and she says, doesn't it say somewhere that love is the most important? Um, she also says it would be great if God were a lion, and I'm like, so Narnia? Yeah, that was probably a reference to that. (laughs) Yeah. She says a very Anne thing, which is that, if I really wanted to pray, I would go out into a field or deep into the woods and I would look up in the sky and I would just feel the prayer. Yes. She settles on calling herself ag- agnostic. Um, 
and then worries that she'll start shit with this video and that Jesus himself will descend from the heavens and flick her on the forehead. (laughs) (laughs) I love that image. Yeah, it's very good. Yes. Um, Episode four is called Ought to Have a Weave. In this episode, Anne talks about how a neighbor, Miss Rachel Lind, came over and um, Anne is excited to meet another Avonlea person and wants to present herself well. Uh, So she kind of ran down the stairs all excited, happy to meet a new person. We learned that Rachel Lind is also a black woman and she apparently looked at Anne condescendingly and said that Anne ought to have a weave. Now, I I feel like I can't talk that much to what that, like, the implications of that, because, like, we're both white people. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't really, like, our thing to talk about, but Anne is very offended and, and, like, not okay with this. Um, Yeah. And so she insults Rachel Lind back. You know, saying, like, your best days are behind you. Your wig is ugly and fake. And then she storms out. Um, Anne says she will never forgive Rachel Lind. And then there's a knock on the door. Cut to later. Um, Marilla apparently has said that Anne has to apologize or she's grounded. But Anne doesn't want to. Cut to a little bit later more. And then Anne, after thinking about it, says that she is ashamed. Um, she thinks she's embarrassed Marilla and that the whole town will know by tomorrow, which is a shame because she wants Marilla to like her. Yeah. She doesn't particularly regret what she said, but she is sorry that she embarrassed Marilla, which makes yeah. sense. There is, yeah. There's another knock on the door, another cut to later. Uh, Matthew had come and said that Anne should apologize, even if she was wrong. To, even if Rachel Lind was wrong to say what she said. Anne says that she really likes Matthew and that he gets her in a way that Marilla doesn't because he doesn't mind hearing all her thoughts. Not to compare this show to Green Gables Fables, but I feel like it might come up once or twice. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think they both do this book in different ways, and I think that, that there are some strengths and weaknesses to each of them. Um, but one thing I really like about Green Gables Fables that unfortunately is absent here is the presence of Matthew on screen. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of my only, like, issues with this show is that we never see Matthew. Um, yeah. Even though it kind of adds to the realism of it all, because why would he be there? He's, like, such an introvert and he's not young by any means. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funky to have him in Anne's videos, in Green Gables Fables, but at the same time, it's really nice to know him. Yeah. So, yeah, pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Episode five is called Flower Crowns and Complications. Uh, Anne says that Rachel Lind has accepted her apology, and Anne says that instead of flying off the handle, she should have been adult and sneakily given her shade. Which I think is very funny. Yes. she. So she also says that she went to the church youth group. Um, mm-hmm. And she really wanted something pretty to wear. Or at least something that fit and didn't make her look like a bad rapper. Um, <laughs> but that's that wasn't possible. Um, yeah. Because Marilla got her new clothes from the Salvation Army flea market. And she kind of just picked up what she could. Yeah, so she's wearing, like, a gray sweatshirt um, when she wanted a pretty strapless pastel dress. 
And yes, Marilla and is not on board with any part of that, especially the strapless yeah. part. I think it's interesting that the puffy sleeves have been translated to no sleeves. Yeah, I think that's a good update. Um, yeah. Because obviously completely different things are scandalous in different eras. Um, so Anne is wearing just kind of like a, it's like a black hoodie. I have a very similar shirt. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anne decided that she, instead, because she couldn't wear like anything pretty, uh, she would make herself a flower crown to wear to the group. But unfortunately, she didn't meet anyone her age at the at the group because um, everyone her age is out of town, including uh, someone named Diana Barry, who Marilla says is the only person close enough to visit without a car. Yeah, she's as next door as possible in Evanly. Um, yeah. And yeah, Anne really is hoping that Diana could be a friend and wants to make a good impression. Yeah, but also she's heard that Diana's mother is very strict, which is something that will come up. Yes, it very much will. Um, and then when Anne got home, Marilla tells her someone stopped her to say what a strange girl she's taken in. She kind of gets upset about Anne wearing the flower crown. But then Anne just says that she loves it in Avonlea, and that makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah, I love how even though she's, like, having trouble adjusting to the people in this town, she loves the place, and it's clearly so much better than where she's been before, even though we haven't gotten her full backstory yet. Episode six uh, is a pretty short one. Um, the episode is called, It's Called a Bosom Friend. Um, Anne, on screen alone, says that she and Diana have been hanging out since every, every day since Saturday when they met, and then announces, Diana Barry, and Diana joins Anne on screen. Interestingly, Diana's a redhead. Yes. And I think that's a really cool thing. And one thing I saw, I saw on, I went on the Project Green Gables Instagram and I scrolled all the way back to the beginning because I was curious. And I noticed that the first person they posted a picture of was the actress who plays Diana. Kind of, it, so it's almost, it was almost kind of a bait and switch as to yeah. who was playing Anne. And I really like that. Sneaky. Very sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love these two. They're so good. Yeah. They they both say they've never met anyone quite like the other one. Mm-hmm. But they've decided to be best friends. Yes. Uh, Anne wants Diana to make it official by swearing, and Diana says, I can't swear on the internet. <laughs> um, Anne has her do kind of like a pledge uh, to be her bosom friend, and Diana is confused by that phrase. Yeah, she's like, your, your what? Your bosom friend? Yeah. And then Diana ends the episode by saying, Anne Shirley, you're so weird. I love it. Which yes. is kind of the, the sum up of Anne. Like, yes. She's so weird and I love it. Yes. Um, episode seven is called Yesterday's Chaos. Um, Anne says that she is going to her first house party ever. She hasn't experienced many teenager things, unfortunately, throughout her life. Yeah. And um, she's really excited to meet people not at the church youth group, which is... Yeah. I, I, too, would want to meet people not at the church youth group. So the gathering is going to be at Charlie Sloan's place. It's going to be kind of, it's going to be, like, low-key, but still like a party. Um, and Anne is surprised that Marilla even let her go. Uh, but then there's a knock on the door. Well, rather, someone comes up the stairs and Anne turns off the camera. Cut to later. 
Uh, she, Aunt Merla had told Anne that many of Merla's prescription pills are missing, and she thinks that Anne took them. Which is a much more serious update of thinking that Anne took her brooch. Yeah, this is definitely a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Anne has to, like, assert that she's not a junkie. She says that she can't, like, she can't go to the party now. Um, mm-hmm. well, first she, she, um, makes a fake confession. Yeah. She tells yeah. Marilla that she slipped the pill container into the sink and accidentally rinsed them down. Um... Which is very similar. Still not allowed to go to the party. Yeah, and that's very similar to her fake confession in the book where she says that she took the brooch and went to the Lake of Shining Waters, I think, and it, like, slipped out of her hands into the water. Um, Which, yeah. So so Anne is still not allowed to go to the party, and Anne is worried that Marilla won't even let her stay anymore because she thinks that she's taken her pills for nefarious purposes. And kind of starts tearing up because she doesn't know what to do, and it's very sad. Yeah, it's really tragic. But we get one more update. Yeah, the next day, Anne says that Marilla found the loose pills in her bag. Yeah. Um, Anne gets an apology from Marilla and is allowed to go to the party. Yes. Um, and, and she says that, like, the lesson... From this is always doubt your own perception of things before accusing someone else of being a junkie. Or maybe not, but you get the gist. <laughs> it's very good. Yes. Episode 8 is called Party Rockers, my first house party ever. And boy, remember Party Rock Anthem? Oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> that was certainly a thing. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that was like already old by the time this aired though. Yeah, because Party Rock Anthem was like 2011 or 2012. Yeah, we were like in sixth grade, and this was... Because we're both yeah. the same age as Anne, so we would have also been juniors at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, in this episode, it starts with Diana filming Anne. They are both in the bathroom. Because they are hiding from a game of spin the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anne feels underdressed, but Diana says she looks beautiful, which is very sweet. It's sweet. And Anne says she likes everyone except this one guy who keeps changing the Beyonce music to some obscure indie band no one cares about. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Diana says he's kind of cute, though. Is it the implication here being... Well, I guess it, it, it wasn't Gilbert, because Gilbert didn't come back until, uh, like, before episode 12. Right, so I'm not sure who that's supposed to be, because I thought it was Gilbert, but then... It... Maybe it's Fred. That's true. Fred does actually appear in this episode, which I never would have caught before. Yeah, I I was like, oh, Fred, Fred's here. Yeah, because obviously we meet Ruby, like, for real, um, and Mm -hmm. and obviously Charlie as well. Um, Those two are introduced, like, actually, but we also see glimpses of Jane, who we'll meet properly probably next week, and Fred, who doesn't really appear until season two. But they've yeah, set him he, up already here. I have a question for you. Zoe, does Fred have any lines ever in the show? I can't remember. <laughs> That's a good question, and I'm not sure. He's kind of just there as, a, as like, Diana's boyfriend. Yeah, he's sort of right? a prop to Diana. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Let's keep a count of how many lines Fred gets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good plan. So Anne and Diana go outside... Uh, Charlie Sloan comes out to side with them. He immediately puts his arm around Anne, which is like 
No, don't, don't, don't. And that's a little bit of foreshadowing for something that happens in season three, which is wild. Yeah, they're just so good at setting things up. Yeah. Like, just everything is, like, they don't leave things hanging. So, Charlie is clearly drunk, and he's kind of trying to talk to them, and Anne and Diana are not about it. Yeah. And then he leaves, and Diana calls him a dude bro. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. And that's when we get sort of more of a montage and we see, um... Them partying th- Them partying, and that's when we see, like, Ruby and Jane and also Fred. Um, mm-hmm. and even Diana talking to Fred. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're really setting that up Like, now. they knew that actor was going to be Fred eventually. Yeah. So that's really cool. Episode 9 is called My Life and Adventures in Avonlea High. Um, Anne says that because she's had to move around a bunch, she is behind in school, but she's always liked learning. She says that she and Diana walk or bike to school, which makes me wonder, like, why can they walk or bike to school, but they have to drive to see, uh, like, neighbors? Right. Like, are they that close to school? Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Marilla could have been exaggerating for a fact. Mm Mm-hmm. She likes her teachers, but she does think her English teacher, Mr. Phillips, is a bit creepy. She says everyone has been super nice to her. Um, She mentions Ruby Gillis, Sophia Sloan, and Tilly Bulger. Uh, And then says that Jane Andrews heard through the grapevine that someone said Anne had a pretty nose, which Anne is, like, very sweetly surprised by. Yeah, there's a lot of, like like, heterosexuality going on at the high school. Yeah, Um, it's a huge gossip mill. Yeah, like, a boy and a girl can't even look at each other without there being rumors. Um, Mm -hmm. This is mostly an issue with Ruby, except apparently with her it's mostly true. Diana says that uh, Charlie has a thing for Anne, but Anne doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, neither do we. (laughs) Nope. And then she says that the pie girls are the mean girls. Yes. They are all related and they don't run anything. And she says that they sound like they're a bad girl band or a bakery. Yes, it's very good. Um, She also says that rumors say that Mr. Phillips and Prissy Andrews have something going on. Um, Yeah. Which is creepy. Because Prissy is- It's very creepy. And he is like in his mid to late 20s. Yep. Um, I think um, she she tries to compare them to a bunch of, like, literary relationships. I think Edward and Bella seems like the most accurate. Yes. Also, Heathcliff and Kathy could also work. Yeah. Um, I think Hamlet and Ophelia well, is it quite kind right. Of equally as, Kathy is kind of equally as shitty as Heathcliff, though, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, so I think that Edward and Bella works because Edward yeah. is creepy and also much older than Bella. Anne says that she finds it creepy and also that Prissy Andrews is way out of his league. And then she says that she can't blame him because Prissy Andrews is just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, wait, what am I saying? I can blame him because he's a teacher. Teacher, he's she's 17 and he's God knows how old. Yup. So, yikes. Yikes indeed. Luckily, Mr. Phillips is out of the picture very soon. Yeah, we won't have to deal with him for very long at all. Episode 10 is called Draw My Life. Um, Anne and Diana are in front of a whiteboard, and Anne has Diana draw pictures for her narration for a Draw My Life video. 
Man, those were a thing, weren't they? They sure were. Uh, and at first says that Aunt, that she was born out of a forbidden affair between a CEO and her driver. And then Diana says, and you know, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. So then she starts telling the real story, which is that she was born in Nova Scotia. Um, her parents were very absent. Her mother is in prison. Um, then she like compares her mom to Jean Valjean from Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad and was her- not good at looking after her. Yeah, he had drinking and gambling problems. Um, yeah. So she was taken into foster care when she was five. Um, she's moved between foster families. She was at the family of the Thomases until she was 12. They had four children of their own and, ga- and gained a lot of experience babysitting. Um, Mr. Yeah, Thomas but then Mr. Thomas died accident. in a... Yeah. And so then she went to and live with Mrs. Hammond. Who has eight children. <laughs> Yeah, and including three pairs of twins in a row, which is really a what lot. What are the chances of that? Yikes. Like, what are the odds of that? Right? Yeah. It's that, like rolling three nat 20s in a row. Right. Like, that doesn't happen. So she she says that they the Hammond's meant to be good and kind, and so she forgives them for not being that because they had good intentions, which is mm-hmm. really sad. Like, so much in Anne's life. She just, like, she really tries to make things as good as they can be, but they generally have not been good. Um, Yeah. So then there was a messy divorce, and they divided up the children, which just makes me wonder, like, did they divide up the twin pairs? (laughs) I don't know. Yikes. Um, And then she spent six months in an orphanage, but then was taken in by the Cuthberts. Uh, episode 11 is called Draw My Life Extra. This is after the the Draw My Life video is filmed. Diana and Anne are talking. Diana says to Anne that she's sorry for her. Um, but Anne's like, it's okay because I'm here now. Uh, and then Anne starts telling the story of what happened right when she got taken in by the Cuthberts. Um, she was told that a family was found for her that would keep her until she was 18. So she was legally an adult and could live on her own. Um... Matthew was really late to pick her up from the train station. Um, he he drove her back to Green Gables, and she was all excitedly talking about how excited she was. Uh, and then when they got back, Marilla looked at her and said, where's the boy? Turns out, Matthew and Marilla started thought they were getting a boy for two weeks while he was being transferred between homes. Yeah, which is just horrific miscommunication, especially in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Anne heard Matthew whisper, she thinks she's staying, which is very sad. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Matthew and Marilla made some calls and decided that Anne would have to go back to the home. Marilla was driving Anne back, and when they got there, a woman asked if she could take care of children because this woman had ten children. So the number of children just keeps racking up. Yeah, so this... this uh, strict homeschool teacher Jane Eyre type lady, as Anne calls her, has ten kids and clearly just wants someone to help out, which yeah is not great. Um, and so Marilla's like, actually, we'll keep her for the two weeks and then we'll see. And then two weeks later, Marilla said she could stay. And I really like this story because from what we've heard of Marilla so far, she's been kind of a jerk to Anne. But knowing that their relationship started out with this event 
makes it much more obvious that Anne has a reason to like her. Yeah, and to and to respect her and really want to like make her proud. Um because yeah. she she was never intending to have a teenager live with her long term, but she made that decision to keep Anne. Episode twelve is called Dicks Will Be Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised this episode didn't get like banned from YouTube with that title. Like you can't yeah. put curses in titles of YouTube videos. You can't. We start with Anne and Diana sitting there. Anne looks very indignant while Diana is laughing. Diana says, you have to tell them what happened. And Anne says, Gilbert goddamn Blythe happened. Yep. So here we go. Here's the boy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Diana had been going on and on about Gilbert being handsome and smart and that he spent a whole year in England. And Diana's like, hey, you said he was handsome too when you first saw him. But Diana says, everyone loves Gilbert, even though he teases everybody. And then Anne says, how very much like a man to get away with anything of a charming smile, which I like a lot. Yes. Anne really takes no shit. And then while they were in English class, Gilbert just kind of walked up to her and touched her hair. Yeah. And... She says, he ran his eager little white boy hands through it and said, oh, it feels just like our dog. Which is just really so, so, so much worse than what he does in the book. Like it's really bad. This is really bad. And yeah. like, honestly, if this hadn't been written by a black woman, I don't yeah. think like he could be redeemed. Yeah. Like, like obviously this was very intentional on her mm -hmm. part to have Gilbert do something that's really unacceptable. Um, yeah. and have to work really, really hard to yeah. to get back from that um but like just it it does need to be said that there's a big difference between this and what he does in the book which is pull her braids and call her carrots yeah because like that like that's unacceptable that's a mean thing to do but it's not racist yeah exactly um and so yeah she grabbed his ipad and broke it um, over his head. Over his, over head. his head. Which is obviously, like, not not something she should do, but it's, yeah. it's also kind of justified. Like, it's not, but yeah. it is. Um, and and yeah. he got detention, and he didn't. Because, of course, that's what happened. Yeah. And um, then Diana, Diana says, he does tease everyone, and you are the only one he ever apologized to. But Anne explains, Diana, it's dehumanizing. It's different and you know it. Which I think makes sense considering, besides Rachel Lind, it doesn't seem like there's really any other black people in this town. Yeah, I think Diana's, like, very uneducated about race things. Um, yeah. And, but she listens to Anne. Um, yeah, which is good. Yeah. And at the end of the video, Anne pronounces that she will never talk to that Blythe boy again. Uh-huh. Which, at this point, is justified. Yeah, it is. Um, and and we're not going to see him at all for this whole season, which was a very good choice yeah. that they made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Because, again, he really needs to do a lot of work to redeem himself mm -hmm. from what he did. So, what did you think of these first 12 episodes? They're really good. I really like them. Um, yeah. And... 
Like, they obviously have some outdated pop culture references and, like, pop songs mm-hmm. from 2015, but that's just, like... What happened. That's just what happened, and it kind of, for me, just adds to how real it all feels. Um, yeah. Like, the only thing that makes it not feel real is knowing that they're not actually Canadian, and, like, mm-hmm. that's just a choice they made. Everything else yeah. really feels like, you know, these are real teenagers, these are the things that they're really experiencing and going through... And Anne is just such an engaging protagonist. Like, she's mm-hmm. so likable. She's so interesting. The acting is so good. Um, I love her fran- I love her friendship with Diana, like, from the get-go. Yeah, I don't know. I just really yeah. like this show. Like, you said um, that they change a lot of the plot. But to me, it really doesn't feel like they change the plot. Because what they, they do is they change, like, they don't change the framing they just change, like, the individual pieces. Right. But, like, the pieces are still framed in the same way. Like, a brooch versus the pills. Like, it's the same story point. But, like, they just change what actually it was, the physical thing, to make it a bit more modern. Yeah, I guess what I meant is that they change sort of all of the details to make them work in the modern setting in mm-hmm. a way that... And I think that's another thing that actually makes the show work so well, is they don't change the overall plot and they don't change what anything means, but they do change all of the details in a way that a show like Green Gables Fables doesn't. Um, Yeah. And I think that's why it's so successful, because it really feels, like, relatable um, and, like, it's a true modernization that, like, really applies to the moment that it's set in. Yeah, like, Green Gables Fables, like, not to... I I really love Green Gables Fables. I think it's a great show, and I think it has a lot of really good qualities. But you look at Anne saying she hates her hair at this point in time, and you're like, why? Right, you're like, what's... Like, there's there's no strict beauty standard saying that, like, being a redhead is bad in our society. That's not a thing. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure, like... Back in the day, like, Anne having red hair would associate her with being, like, Irish, and that was, like, a thing. Right. That, like, people were gross about. So, like, back in the day, her having red hair would be something for Gilbert Blythe to tease her about, for example. Yeah, and it would be something that, you know, she was sensitive about, because, yeah, it would be a connection to Irishness, which was, you know, people hated the Irish. But that's not where we're at anymore as a society. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, redheads are not ostracized. Um, yeah. Unless you count, Besides like, I guess, that- like, jokes about redheads being the devil or having no souls or whatever, but that's just, like, things middle schoolers say. I never hear that anymore, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the only way I can think of that redheads are really ostracized is that, like, up until recently, they did not have emojis. Yeah. <laughs> like... For a long time there, there were no red-headed emojis, but they exist now. Oh, dear. We've the made struggle. progress. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, like, regardless, even if redheads do have, like, struggles in society, I don't want to undermine anyone's problems, but just, yeah. like, they're, they're not the same as Anne's in the original Anne of Green Gables series, and yeah. this update works a lot better. Do we want to do the fashion corner? Let's go for it. 
Okay, so I didn't have a ton of fashion because I think that's purposeful. Because Anne, at this point, does not have very good fashion because of the clothes that Marilla gave to her. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think by the time we hit season two of this show, we're going to be having, like, loving every single thing Anne wears. But at this yeah. point, she is wearing, like, thrift store clothes that she did not yeah. choose. And not even, like, nice vintage thrift store clothes, like, just, like... Right. Like, the hoodie she has with, like, the, the boom boxes on it. Like, I'm just like, yeah. why would you ever give that to a child? Like, <laughs> it's so ugly. Yeah, Marilla has, like, negative understanding of what Anne would actually want yeah. to wear. Uh, so I have Diana in the Bosom Friend episode. She's wearing, like, a gray dress and has, like, a lacy sort of vest thing over it. I really liked that look. Um, I liked Anne in the Party Rockers episode. Uh, she had, like, she was wearing, like, a floral pink shirt and had a sweater over it. It was very cute. I think that, I, I imagine that, like, in the show, she, like, struggled to put together even one outfit that looked nice. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Anne in the Life at Avonlea High episode, she has like a pink shirt and um, like a, a cardigan or something, and she's wearing a hat. And it's the first time we see her in that hat, and we will see her in that hat more. And then finally, I have Anne and Di Anne, both Anne and Diana in the Draw My Life uh, du duology. Yeah. Uh, we have Anne in her flannel, and then Diana in a very cute striped shirt. And that's what I've got. Do you have anything else? Um, no. I will note that Anne wears that same plaid shirt in episode four as well. So that's yeah. something that maybe she already owned um, and likes mm -hmm. because we see her wearing it more than once. And I think it's one of her, her better pieces of clothing. I like it a lot. So yeah, I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode just because we're just, we're easing into it, you know? Yeah. And we took a week off um, and... If you didn't already catch the news, we're moving our, um, like, update schedule to Mondays instead of Fridays. Yeah. Because we're both students um, who have a lot going on right now. So it just is more practical to record over the weekend than to record during the week. I, I want to look at the next chunk of episodes because I'm curious what we have next. Do we have is is the Lady of Shalot in the next chunk of episodes? I think that's in the third chunk. Um, okay, let I me just check. That next week we're doing thirteen through twenty four. We are because number twenty four is the Christmas episode, so we going up to that. All right. Yes. Yeah, so that will take us halfway through season one. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it'll be. It'll be good. I'm really enjoying, like I said, picking out things that foreshadow stuff that comes like in season three, because yeah, this is like the only literary inspired web series that has three seasons, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, the attic has four. Okay. Right. But they were like really close together. Like it wasn't over the course of four yeah. years. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, and I did forget about that show, so apologies to that show. But um, <laughs> yeah, this is the only one that had three seasons that really ran for the course of like three school years. Um, so from 2015 to 2018. And, yeah. um, and they just really put so much work into it. 
And like, I'm sure I'll be saying this in every episode, but they just, they just really did. It's just so good. Um, yeah. And like they, once we get to season two, like they adapted the second book, which no one ever does. Yeah, because people seem to think the second book is boring for some reason. Yeah, and like it's not because my favorite, but it's necessary. It's, yeah. It's where we get like Anne and Gilbert's friendship developing. That's so important. Yeah. It's um, where, okay, season one, enemies, season two, friends, season three, lovers. It's right. all there. Yeah, it's all there. Like you have to have that arc. You can't just go enemies to lovers that fast. I mean, like yeah. you could, but that's not Anne and Gilbert. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Um, I think there are moments in this show when it's kind of too Anne-heavy, just because sometimes it's nice to see another face. Um, yeah. And I think that would be more of an issue with another show that didn't have such a strong lead. Um, yeah. But Laura is so good in this role. Um, she is incredible. She's incredible. She's she's just... And she just keeps getting better. Um, yeah. So that's something I'm really looking forward to is mm -hmm. just like seeing her continue to shine. Okay. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you want to tell us what your thoughts are about these first 12 episodes or even just the series as a whole, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it's super Impod. We will see you next Monday. Yeah. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>